So this is Adulting with Rebecca Adams. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of So This Is Adulting. I'm continuing my quest to become a fully rounded adult today with the help of beauty expert Ala Gordon, who will talk to me about the important beauty tips to get beautiful, healthy skin. Before I chat to her though, let me tell you a story. I'm not exactly the most beautiful clear skin person in the world. I've had problem skin for pretty much my entire adult life. I think it's because I used to tease my brother in high school for having acne. Then I got my karma years later. Thanks, bro. Unless you're a millionaire and can afford going to beauty therapists weekly or getting the latest high-end products for beautiful glowing skin, you have to pretty much do things naturally. But whatever you do, my friends, do not do what I'm about to tell you ever. Well, it's completely up to you, but I just didn't have a very good experience. I feel that everyone I knew tried this next product, even if they had good skin. I have no idea what the hype was about. Remember a beauty product called Proactive Kids? Remember all the adverts of the smiling celebrities using their products, kids? Remember how you wanted to look just like these celebrities after only one use of Proactive Kids? Oh, those were the days. So I bought Proactive when I used to have acne. It worked for my brother, so I thought it would work for me. I tried it for about two weeks where I literally didn't notice any changes in my skin whatsoever. Was it me? Was it completely my bad luck after teasing my brother for so many years? I thought my life was over. Yes, I was a very dramatic teen. Nothing has changed. After about two or three months, I noticed no change in my skin whatsoever. But the fact that my skin was completely dry from all the ingredients in this product, I was upset as I wanted to look like Katy Perry. Her skin was so beautiful in her proactive advert. Why wasn't mine like hers? Until 10 years later, which is today, that I realized that I didn't get dramatically beautiful skin overnight like Katie's or anyone else who advertises with that product because they are celebrities with a private beauty therapist doing all the work for them. Proactive isn't exactly cheap as well. So please, before you go out and buy an expensive product, do your research, look at the reviews and make sure this is going to be the right product for you. Don't fantasize about looking like a cardboard cutout of your favorite celebrity. So this is adulting. To help me understand the world of makeup and beauty, I'm joined by skincare expert, Ella Gorton. How are you? Gorton. Okay, Hi, Gorton. I'm good. How are you? Ella Gorton. <laughs> Ella Gorton, yes. <laughs> Love that. So how's the past year been for you? God, the past year has been crazy. I think everyone can vouch for that. For me, um, it's been a strange one. I obviously have to down tools in terms of physical work. So usually I work within a clinic space and um, doing facials and helping clients on a face-to-face level. So I down tools then, of course, for quite a long time. I think I was allowed yeah. back into work into September after stopping in the March. So it's quite a long time, but I'd built an online platform anyway, and I'd kind of converted my work then to an online platform, which was funnily enough, quite successful throughout the lockdown to be able to help people online do video consultations like the world of zoom just went boom and everyone was like video talking (laughs) it was like i've never heard of zoom until march 2020 so it was a strange (laughs) one but it was it was something that i just quickly adapted to which was a very positive thing really yeah no of course so talk to me about your skincare journey because there's a lot that i kind of want to 
have a chat to you about because when you become an adult, you don't really realize how important your skin you need to start prepping for. So you have beautiful skin like when you're older, because I don't know about you, when I have, when I feel like I have good skin, I feel good on the inside as well. So it's not really about being superficial, but you do feel good when you have like a face, like a beauty face mask on, but you need to take care of your skin because I've suffered from acne before, which I'll get into a bit later. But I'm really interested to hear about your skincare journey because we're looking at you now, it looks like you have really beautiful skin but it seems like <laughs> that you. hasn't always been the case has it yeah absolutely not like when people compliment me on my skin now I'm like oh no I have to show you the before pictures because I've never used to have skin like this <laughs> I yeah it was it's been a huge journey for me which has kind of um, escalated my career really I um, trained firstly as a beauty therapist when leading school 16 years old, trained as a beauty therapist. And I wanted to get more into the makeup side of things, but makeup never used to be a hugely popular thing. So it used to be something that if you was training to be a makeup artist, you had to be over 18. Now leaving school, for me, you're 15, 16. So I went to train in beauty for two years, got my beauty certificate. And then at that time I was 18. So I, could able to, I was able to then um, move further with the makeup career that I, I really desired. And within that kind of time frame, I never really suffered with my skin. Like your teenage typical acne and stuff like that. I was never really somebody that did suffer with that. I had mm. the odd hormonal breakout as we do as females uh, when you join your period and things. Yeah. And my skin really took a turn for the worse as as soon as I hit 21, which was very, very strange. And all the, the kind of stigma around age and acne and things like that, it is quite late on. And you do, you kind of think that acne, breakouts, whatever is stuck to more your teenage years so at 21 yeah. I was like why have I now got this teenage skin that I've never had before and I, my skin really took a decline like a real big decline from the age of 21 I was quite in denial to be honest I, I thought it was just oh it's just a phase it'll just be an odd few breakouts it'll clear up by itself and it just didn't and it just progressively got worse I tried all your different typical treatments your topical creams your antibiotics from the doctors literally probably fell for every fad out there possible when you read on the internet or yeah. people recommend it yeah and it was quite funny because my experience is quite unique because as I said at the beginning I've trained to do skin I've trained in this industry so you would think somebody who has been in that industry and trained and knows about everything that they should know the answers of how to help the skin when they are suffering with it yeah I didn't know anything yeah. so I'd gone through college I'd, I'd trained in skin I trained and in every way possible that I could think of I should have been the one with the knowledge to be able to understand how I could help myself but I just didn't have that knowledge whatsoever like I didn't have a clue so I put my trust then in more medical professionals your doctors your dermatologists yeah and I ended up going on a really controversial drug called Roaccutane if any of your listeners have or even yourself have, have heard of something like that yeah well, well, I will definitely get into that drug a bit later because I haven't really heard of that before. But what I'm really interested to know is why do you think, because there might be someone listening in their 20s right now or whatever that they haven't had acne before. Why do you think you got acne at such a, I would think that's a little bit of a later age because I got my acne, I think like 14 or 15 and mine was really bad. Mm -hmm. I still got some scarring now, which you won't be able to really see because of the beauty of makeup and that type of yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But why do you think that you got acne at 21? What do you think it was diet related, stress related, or do you think it just happened? Why do you think, is there any way that people can prevent it or? Um, I think it was probably the journey I'd realistically been on. When I look back now, 
obviously the, the story I just give you is like a really sped up version of the past like seven, eight <laughs> years of my life when I was suffering with my skin. But as I've progressed now in the industry and as I've made it my like my business to be able to help other people and, and to, to be able to help myself and to not make people make the same mistakes I have. And when I've looked back and filled in mm. all those gaps that I've just given you now, it seems to stem from more of a hormonal route. Obviously, as females anyway, we are super complex females like we have menstrual cycles that our hormones are up <laughs> down and there here there and everywhere being on the contraceptive pill even trying these different medications that essentially are, are there to help with skin have potentially hindered my skin being clear antibiotics being one mm. um, realistically you should be on a course of around three to six months I was on them for probably about three years so things like that and the the information oh, that's yeah, now yeah. researched and it's given us about gut microbiome and all this link to things like that and and how much antibiotics can hinder that if you're on them for long term so it, I think it was just the accumulation of lack of knowledge probably trying every fad out there making it worse being on antibiotics and medications for too long contraceptive pill as well is another one that I kind of tried to manipulate to help with my skin but again it had that like adverse effect it just backfired coming off contraceptive pill again something that backfired so it's you have to look at the bigger approach with skincare that's probably my advice to all your listeners like it's not just as easy as actual skincare that is one very small part of it diet is another massive thing at 21 as any 21 year old would do they're out they're having fun they're not caring about what they're eating they're drinking having having that lifestyle of a 21 year old (laughs) exactly so even that or (laughs) even on the flip side as well I always say to people I used to think I was healthy when I was 21, but I was probably being really restrictive of specific things as you do as a female. You're really conscious about your body and your weight and you want to like cut this food out or cut that food out or you're trying to overexercise too much or you're having like specific trigger foods that you're caring more about diet aesthetic approach opposed to like a healthy approach. And I definitely like more aesthetic approach, caring about how my body looked as opposed to what I was actually doing to my body as a whole and whether that was healthy or not, that was a massive part of it for me as well. And I feel like we also have to realise with skincare, you could try a really good product that works great for this person, but it might not work good for you. So it's all about what works for your skin because every skin is different. However, I do want to know this because I just want to know from this side, I'd read that when you lost some options and you did wash your face with Dettol, why did you do <laughs> that? Why did you wash your face with Dettol? If if any listeners are listening and they're going through suffering with the skin right now, they will know the feeling of desperation when you've tried everything mm-hmm. and you feel like you aren't getting anywhere. So believe me, when somebody is saying, oh, well, why don't you try washing your face in Dettol, you will do it because you think, oh, well, yeah. I've not tried that yet. So maybe that's the miracle cure that's going to help with my skin. So that was exactly what it was. I was in work one day. A girl had said to me, oh, I use Dettol. Like I literally just put it on a cotton pad, wipe it all over my face. So what did I do that night when I got home? I literally went home, got the Dettol out of the cleaning cupboard, <laughs> put it on a cotton pad and wiped it all over my face. It just really dried my skin out. And if anything, now again, knowing the knowledge, it just completely stripped my skin, which then made it worse. So it dried it out. And I think Yeah, I can imagine that would strip it. Yeah, completely stripped my skin. Not not from an aspect of burning, like my skin wasn't physically falling off, but just more from like yeah. a, it just felt really dry and tight and dehydrated. Um, which 
it's a massive mm. misconception that anybody who suffers with the skin, you want to scrub it. You want to get rid of the skin. You want to like start fresh. Basically, you want to get rid of all the excess oils. And when you have that mindset, it's yeah. actually the opposite way you need to think to be able to help with your skin. So, yeah, it was just it was a case of somebody recommending something and me going, OK, I'll try that. Something I've never tried before. But yeah, try untested, guys. Do not take that advice. <laughs> And don't listen to that friend again, please. Um, with, yeah. um, I'm not sure you're friends with that person again, but um, try no. not to. Um, so I've, <laughs> I've suffered from acne before also, as I mentioned. And what people don't really know that it is very more, more common than you think, but it really did mess up with my self-esteem. My skin got better because I was fortunate enough to get a beauty therapist because my doctor recommended it. So my dad helped me out, but not a lot of, not a lot of people have that however what was the first thing that helped you with your skincare do you think the the roaccutane that was the main thing that that was the key driver to really get things under control and um, that literally eradicated okay. the whole of my acne it was it was a bit like I, sh- I shouldn't brand it a miracle because it's definitely not so let's talk about i guess we could talk about it now so it is a, it is a, is it a drug for acne Yes. So it's a it's a very controversial but very harsh medication for acne. So if you've gone through the regular protocols that your GP would put you through, like your antibiotics and your topical creams, and you've not really got much, much success with those, your GP would refer you to a dermatologist. So this is really important about the medication. It's not something you can just get from your regular doctor, you would need Mm. a referral to a dermatologist. That would be obviously an NHS dermatologist, or if you are lucky enough to to have the funds to pay for a private dermatologist, then the option is obviously there. Now, this medication is is super harsh in terms of, as a female, you have to have monthly pregnancy tests because if you fall pregnant while on the medication, it will cause birth defects. You have to have regular blood tests, liver tests, and just be specifically monitored each month um, while you're on the medication as it is so harsh. So it's basically a very strong dose of vitamin A. And that's that's predominantly what the medication is. So that's what helps it. It essentially suffocates the sebaceous glands. It, it just suppresses everything in the body and obviously stops the acne in its in its path. And it is a very successful medication. But as I say, it's very controversial because it does have some severe side effects and you do have to be monitored for the course of um, time that you're on it. What were the side effects for you when you went on it? I had, I was very lucky. I say I am very lucky. I didn't have any severe side effects, which was a positive. Anybody who is on Roaccutane, the one that everybody will have is dry lips. Like your lips are so chapped, like they they shed no matter how much Vaseline or any form of lip balm you put on your lips. It's something you've just got to ride out. It really is. And the, the reason for that is, is going back to um, how the medication works is it just dries everything up and your lips being quite thin thin skin that's the first thing to dry up so that's the main one I very commonly get nosebleeds as well so I did get the odd one not nothing severe it was like I'd blow my nose one day and there'd be blood in the tissue mm. you become a little bit fatigued everything becomes a little bit more of an effort when you're on Roaccutane you're a bit more tired and things like that but there, there's the more severe risk of things like depression and stuff like that that you have to be really aware of again, which is why you are closely monitored. But I personally didn't really get too many severe side effects. And the positive for me was I saw a change in my skin. And that was what completely changed my life. I was willing to put up with these side effects because my skin was getting clear and I was seeing positive results with it. So everything around it for that six months I was on the medication 
was it straight away that you saw a result or within the first few months I started to see a positive change yeah yeah so it was quite a quick change I I took Mm. progress pictures that's how I built my Instagram of literally posting pictures every single day of this progression of me on the medication of how my skin was changing which obviously when you look back at photos and you see that natural progression it's something that's quite uplifting for yourself to be able to say oh my god my skin's getting so much better Yeah. So I guess like people should definitely go see a doctor because it sounds like it's something that you can't just go on if you have like a pimple, like, oh, I'm going to go on this. So it's basically this drug is just for like, it's the literal last option if you have chronic severe acne and you have to get it from a doctor. So it sounds like it's pretty safe that you can't just randomly go to um, Boots or something. It sounds like it'll be safe if it's monitored by a doctor then. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's why they do. It's it's very monitored. It's very safe. You, you're in a controlled environment. You, you're told about these side effects. You're told about what potentially might happen. For me, I'm lucky. I've got a, a really strong family bond. So I have everyone around me, friends and family that were there to support me that knew I was on the medication. And obviously, if they saw mm. a decline in anything, they they would have been like, okay, let's get to your dermatologist. Let's have a little chat. But honestly, everything was fine with me. I was really, really a good success story. (laughs) So someone actually told me for my skin in winter, use a moisturizer to moisture the skin because your skin gets dry. And then in summer, don't use as much moisturizer. So does your routine, beauty routine change throughout the year? Yeah, so you you can kind of dictate a little bit and and manipulate your skincare routine around the seasons. Not so much. It depends how your skin reacts. Some people don't get dry skin just in the winter. It's it's something that potentially some people do, yeah, but Mm. not everybody does that. Again, in the summer, it doesn't necessarily mean that your skin is oilier because it's warmer. So it would be something that you would have to personally understand your skin and see how your skin reacts but that is something that as a, as a general rule yeah if your skin dries out a little bit more in the winter compared to the summer factors that could coincide with that is is the fact that you're going outside in the cold you're coming inside the central heated which can um in theory dry out the skin so you would opt for a say a more enriching moisturizer whereas sometimes you could kind of use more of an oil-free based moisturizer if you do feel that summertime makes your skin a little bit oilier and would you say that drugstore brands and like, oh, what are they called? Like high store brands are similar. Can someone get the equivalent of like, let's say like a Clinique, let's say, which is like a high end brand to something from like Boots? Because I've re- watched like a lot of like YouTube videos with all these like bloggers and stuff. And they usually compare the two, like, you know, Jeffree's Darren or then they kind of compare the two. It seems like drugstore products aren't that bad. What do you say about that? I use like a, I use drugstore stuff, like honestly. What, what's your opinion on that? It depends what you're after. So as somebody who is a teenager, drugstore products will be absolutely fine. If you find that you are wanting results and you're not getting them from the drugstore brands, then you definitely need to elevate that and look at more higher end brands, in-clinic brands, brands that you can't get over the counter. But that's not to say that every product in a range necessarily would need to be from a high-end brand. When I'm doing consultations with clients and I'm I'm advising specific products for people's skin type, I usually will, will go back to the history of somebody, figure out what they've used, figure out what's not working for them, or figure out if 
they are using a specific product but not getting the results they desire or the, the results of what these products claim to have. And then they're the products that you would essentially want to elevate. So you could have a drugstore cleanser, a drugstore moisturizer, absolutely fine. They'll probably give you the results that you desire. Whereas if you're thinking about going back to kind of breakouts and acne, if you're wanting to help specific breakouts or help the redness that are left after breakouts and these drugstore products just aren't cutting it, you're just not getting anywhere with them. You've used them for a while and it's just not giving you the results. Then you would want to manipulate those types of products and, and elevate them to a more in-clinic brand, a higher quality brand, because they're essentially the ones that are going to drive the results and they're the ones that people do feel a little bit let down from with the drugstore brands. So not necessarily a whole range, but but definitely some products, it, it, it would be better. Again, not going back just to skin concerns, but also age. A lot of people do try to use brands like The Ordinary, for example, and they're like 40 and it's like, they're not really going to cut it for a 40 year old skin. No offense, at, yeah, yeah, no yeah. offense um, given at all. But obviously, as we age from the age of 25, our, our collagen elastin starts to break down. We, we are classed as a mature skin type from the age of 25. See, I didn't realize that. Someone re- said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you start getting wrinkles at like 25. I'm like, I'm 28. I'm 28 and I got paranoid. I'm like, have I got wrinkles, dad? He's like, stop. I'm like, dad, I'm going to get wrinkles. I wasn't aware that 25. (laughs) That's true. You start getting, your skin starts to age. No one says that to us. (laughs) Yeah. No one wants to give you the bad news. That's why. (laughs) No one gives them bad news. I need to have to do Botox soon. Uh, But as we were talking about, there's a lot of beauty bloggers out there. When I was growing up, there was like no beauty bloggers. And I feel like a lot of beauty people are starting to promote so many things just because they're getting paid and it might not be that good. Are there any like go-to products that you would say to people that are like idolizing these people? Is it always good to maybe do some research before they get something like, let's say what Kylie Jenner's promoting, like the gummy bear thing's ridiculous. Apparently that's good for your healthy skin. But what would you say to that? Yeah, I would always say speak to an expert. If somebody's trying to sell you something on Instagram with a promo code, they're obviously going to be benefiting from it. So how how much truth is within what they're trying to promote to you? Yeah. Um, going back to taking advice from the girl before and putting dental on my face, like why why aren't people just going speaking to the experts? Why are people taking advice from these type mm. of people that literally have no knowledge in the industry whatsoever? I know influencers are not experts. Like, come on, anyone listening, influencers are not experts. They just look good because it's yeah. like a filter. <laughs> when looking at the back of a bottle, is there any key ing- ingredients to avoid or to look for, depending obviously on your skin type? Yeah. There's some alcohols that I would say if you've got dry skins, you need to be mindful of that they aren't going to dry your skin out more. But there's also some really good alcohols, some what we call fatty alcohols that can actually be really beneficial for the skin as well. But even when we look at a specific and, and individualize a specific ingredient, we are we aren't aware and we aren't scientists, we aren't cosmeceutical professionals. So you can find that actually some alcohols that you would necessarily think are are drying, something like alcohol dent, um, Mm. which is something that people are like, avoid this ingredient, it dries out your skin, blah, blah, blah. Actually, within the right formula are really beneficial for the skin. For example, vitamin C is water-soluble and it's really hard to penetrate into the skin. So some formulations have alcohol dent in them so they can help to penetrate the vitamin C into the skin. 
in that case, it's a really positive use of the ingredients. So to look at the back of an in, of a product and to try and draw out the good and the bad is is not really a, a, a good way of looking at skincare, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do a lot of like read-ups before I – if I'm interested in a product, I'll just Google it to see the reviews. But you always – thank God for if you go to some stores, you can actually get some samplers. Obviously not drugstore. You can't just randomly get a bottle and like sample it. But <laughs> I do a lot of research because I get like very paranoid from what I put on my skin. I think I've got normal combination skin, but as you said, it seems like if you just go to a beauty therapist, you can actually see what your skin type is because yeah. every skin's different. My skin's different to yours. And it's not just for females, yeah. men, anyone has different type of skin, you know? Yeah. And your skin changes so much. Yeah, your skin does change so much as yeah. I thought I had really, really good skin. I know this is really weird. In Australia, the air is different to London. So when I was in London, Mm -hmm. my skin became really like dehydrated. And I saw a beauty therapist when I landed and she said, it's just the air. So you get micellar water. I can never say that word. So your skin (laughs) always changes. Would you say to always keep on like looking at how your skin is growing, I guess? Yeah, of course, because us as females, our, our, our skin changes throughout the month. Like you, you'll know that yourself. When you do on your period, it can feel a little bit dry and dehydrated. When you come on your period, it might be super, super <laughs> oily. So throughout the month, it changes. But what a lot of people cling on to their skin type of what somebody told them 10 years ago your skin has changed since 10 years so your skin's not oily anymore it might have been oily when you was a teenager you've you've gone 10 years now and your skin's completely changed changed. then and a lot of people do kind of cling on to what somebody told them 10 years ago so always being relevant with your skin like always checked in with a beauty therapist or a a, a skin practitioner Mm. or whatever that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go for regular facials if it's not something you can afford but definitely still checking in with somebody and making sure the products that you're using are right for your skin because as you say yeah your skin changes all the time well we've talked a lot about beauty products which is obviously a big part of it but is there anything about diet that can actually help with your skin. I find for me, water really, really helps me. Is there anything to do with like diet? Is it rest? I get told rest is a lot because I don't even know what sleep is apparently. And has it got anything to do with that? Because I suffer from like stress, like a lot of people have recently. But is there like anything to do yeah. with diet that helps with skin? Oh, massively. Diet is hugely linked to skin and you only need to ask somebody that's been eating healthier and getting good quality sleep and doing irregular exercise to to, for them to say oh my skin's so much nicer like you only have to ask those people it takes a couple of weeks to really get into a routine and to start to notice these positive change but diet exercise sleep heart huge factor to to healthy skin and it isn't just as easy as kind of drinking more water that is super beneficial but kind of being careful Mm. about processed foods modern day western diets now are full of processed foods refined sugars refined carbohydrates everyone's in a rush no one's got much time anymore we're all grabbing and going even if you was to compare floretta broccoli now compared to 10 years ago the decline in nutrients within food even in the healthier foods has completely changed so what we are all creatures of habit of, of getting into a vicious cycle of this co- like common Western diet now, it has a massive um, correlation to our skin for yeah. sure. 
drinking water, of course, is really helpful. Sleep is a huge one. Like beauty sleep is actually a thing. And the reason for that is if you get good quality sleep, <laughs> yeah. your body's sufficiently rested and you're, you're less likely to, to grab those convenience foods. You're less likely to like bump off the gym and things like that, that do all correlate towards our skin. And um, it has a huge relation relation and it's a massive part of, um, when I speak to clients and I do consultations and I do facials, that that is a massive part of things. Like with my consultations in clinic, I'll come. Skincare is the last part of it. Like I won't even touch on skincare until the last 10, 15 minutes of consultation. The majority of it is investigating people's lifestyles and, and diet and things like that. How stressed they are, how much pressure they have they put on themselves, how much good quality sleep they have. So, is there any? type of vegetables I guess or food that you would recommend for a healthy Mm. skin yeah so not anything specific but (laughs) you would essentially want a variety again we are all super creatures of habit like for me one massive creature of habit for me is just eating something like broccoli I'm eating vegetables in my mind I'm thinking I'm eating vegetables Mm. but if I'm just eating broccoli and I'm not having a variety of of different ones then that's (laughs) kind of a negative thing as well like to just eat broccoli like every single week there's only so much nutrients within broccoli do you know what I mean so to have a variety to eat seasonal like to to get out of your comfort zone of specific um foods then the variety is is what's key. The diversity of somebody's diet is what's key as well to skin. Yeah. Well, what I'm really interested to know from you, because you will know this, I was, when you have acne, you want to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say can someone with acne or can wear makeup? Like, what would you recommend? Because I know you, obviously there was primers, but when I was growing up, there was, wasn't really any primers, I don't think. But now, what would you recommend someone with acne? How would they wear makeup without seeing the, all the bumps and stuff? And It's a tough one because when the texture is there on the skin, there's nothing you can realistically do in terms of trying to smooth mm. out your skin. When you're applying makeup, it's basically just covering any redness and things like that, any any more to- more of the tone of the skin as opposed to the texture. Um, and it is a tough one because I used to, when I was suffering my skin, I used to hate wearing makeup because I felt like it highlighted my skin more. Yeah, I felt like I needed to wear makeup to cover it up and hide the redness. But skincare is the first port of call for makeup anyway. A lot of people do go on about primers and holding your makeup on because it might necessarily slide off. I would recommend any skincare underneath makeup because there's Caroline Hirons, the absolute skin queen on Instagram. <laughs> She's absolutely amazing. And she once said that Picasso didn't paint on concrete. And that's a main thing Mm. that's always stuck in my head when it comes to makeup. Like you need a base, like a good base underneath your makeup, which your base would be skincare to be able to help that makeup sit as best as it can and to hold it best as best as it can as well. But when we're talking about makeup in relation to covering skin, as anybody would want, they would want like the fullest coverage. They would want something that is not necessarily caked and caked on but they would want that full of coverage and nowadays 2021 like makeup's changed so much like you would necessarily when I taught makeup Mm. anyway which was way way over 10 years ago it was a case of like okay well cream products are better for drier skin and things like that it was more like the the texture of a product was better for a specific skin type whereas now you can find that that you can get these really liquid textures with fuller coverage so it doesn't it's it's still covering your skin but it doesn't feel as caked as what it would do like 10 years ago so looking out for a, a texture but you can find these more lightweight textures 
of and mm-hmm. feels of products, but that still have that full coverage, which I think being in lockdown, everyone like mm-hmm. desires now because I've not worn makeup for so long. And now when I wear it, I'm like, oh my God, what is I know, I feel so glamorous when I wear makeup. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a model. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I went out at the weekend and I was like, look at yeah. me with makeup yeah. on. I was like, I didn't know I looked like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, now let's say we have like, um, how would you maintain? Because not everyone has acne, but how do you maintain a healthy and happy skin, no matter what skin type you have? Because you always need to like put product. I would always say, you don't have to put harsh product. Don't not dead up, please. But how do you maintain healthy and happy skin, no matter what skin type you have? Yeah, so you would essentially want to maintain it. So you've got to look at diet. You've got to have a healthy, balanced diet for sure. You've still got to have fun. So you've still got to eat chocolate. God, I can't condone anybody from not eating chocolate. You've still got to drink alcohol and things like that, but more of a balance. Exercising regularly, drinking plenty of water, try not to have too much caffeine. If you want to take your supplements, make sure you take your supplements. But from a skincare perspective, the baseline of what I would say for anybody, regardless of your skin type and your skin concerns, the non-negotiable steps that anybody would want to do with their skin is to cleanse the skin, to hydrate it sufficiently with like a toner and a humectant, something like hyaluronic acid, massive buzz ingredient at the moment, Uh, moisturize the skin, apply an SPF every single day. That is a non-negotiable. I'll go through (laughs) that in a second. And to exfoliate the skin regularly. And regularly doesn't mean every day. Regularly could be like once every couple of weeks, again, depending on your skin, depending on your age, or up to like three times a week, you would essentially want to exfoliate for. They're the key steps for anybody's skin for sure. So in um, Australia, there's obviously a lot of sun. Uh, you get burned quite easily. But in London, there's not a lot of sun. But So I would always have to wear sunscreen regardless yep. back in Australia. But here, there's not a lot of sun. So would you recommend people wearing just ordinary sunscreen on their skin or would you recommend them just mixing it with a moisturizer? Because a lot of moisturizers now have mixed sunscreen in the moisturizer. What would you recommend? Yeah, I would always recommend a separate SPF every single day. So the theory behind that, well, not the theory, the fact behind that, sorry, is um, that when we are applying SPF, obviously we're protecting our skin from the sun, rightly so, in London, in the UK. We don't really get much of that compared to Australia. (laughs) However, when we think about wearing a, a, a sunscreen every single day, we are not just protecting our skin from the UVB rays, which is when it's super hot, they're the ones that do change and, and they fluctuate. If it's a hot day, the UVB rays are super strong. If it's not that if it's not that hot, it's miserable, then the UVB rays are obviously quite low. They're the burning rays, UVB, think of burning. Now, we also have UVA rays. And when we think of UVA rays, we think of A as aging. And UVA rays, regardless of it being cold, wet, snowing, hot, miserable, windy, UVA rays are consistent 365 days a year. They never change. And they're the ones that we want to protect our skin from every day. So if you're thinking it from an anti-aging perspective, think of it from an anti-aging perspective, because we find that UVA rays is the cause of 80% of premature aging. So if you're thinking about wanting to prevent aging earlier on as possible, or you're not wanting to get wrinkles early on, like as your skin starts (laughs) to deplete from the age 25, then the best product that you can apply to your skin every day is SPF. That's the main one. And obviously as well, Mm -hmm. from a skin cancer perspective, by applying it every day, you're also protecting your skin from skin cancer. 
perspective. So it's super key, like super key, non-negotiable. You have to wear an SPF every day. And we're looking at yeah, around yeah. an SPF 30 plus. But if, if you're going to put an SPF 30 on, put a 50 on. You've got extra protection. You're already doing the hard work of putting it on. You might as well put the best protection on possible. Huge misconception is people go, oh, I'm not going to yeah. catch tan. You, you will still tan with a factor 50. Believe me, you still will tan. Um, but you are just protecting your skin more. So one last thing I wanted to ask you, which is obviously very, very common. I want people to know how common this is. Like, obviously, I'm a big mental health advocate. But is there something that because when you're not on just getting off treatment, but even when you're on treatment, if you have a lot, if you're really self-conscious of your skin, is there anything that you can recommend people that might suffer from anxiety, just wanting to get beautiful skin straight away. Like what did you tell yourself when you were um, trying to get clearer skin? Was there anything that you couldn't recommend to people? The funniest thing about this is my best advice is to be open and honest and talk to people. I found that when I was suffering with my skin, because I was always like a closed book and I had this guard up and I wanted to cover it with makeup and I was like, nobody look at my skin. I can't look at anybody in the eye because I don't want them to stare at me. I was Mm. so, so super, super, super conscious about it. And it was because I was trying to hide it. Literally, as as hard as this sounds, because it does sound super backward, but own it like literally own it be vocal about it because you will be so supported by people when you are open about it when you are such a closed book it's as if like you are trying to hide everything from the world so my anxiety was like through the roof like especially being in this industry anyway I was like why are people trusting me with advice when I look like this like (laughs) But the minute I started to open and and to be more honest with myself and to be more honest with people, the support that I felt like eased all my anxieties about my skin and it made me feel more comfortable in myself, even though I still did have bad skin. It just didn't make me feel as self-conscious that I had to hide it from people because I was like, people know. (laughs) People can see it. People know it's okay. But then obviously on the flip side as well, you can consider just like speaking to an expert. Like that's the most important thing. Like mm. not trying to take advice from people on social media that aren't <laughs> that aren't qualified, that, that are sending you these silly tips and things like that. Like use use your time and your like your, your brain wisely. Like, and if you have the, the income as well, potentially the money as well to invest mm. wisely into the right type of advice because you're only going to hit brick walls if you're trying to copy somebody else's routine or take advice from somebody else that doesn't have anything exactly uh, any any same concerns of you or anything like that or doesn't know the background and the history of what you've been through and what you've tried you'll just always hit a dead end so to try and just kind of maximize the time that you have and to speak to an expert that's super super helpful to, to kind of calm anxieties and to know you're on the path the right path to, to help with your skin and I feel like at the end of the day Yes, skin is very, very important to maintain it, but it is, I know it sounds so cheesy, but beauty is like skin deep, you know what I mean? Like I feel like your acne does not define you as a person. If you got acne, if someone's going to like, you know, if someone's going to look over you, like whatever you got acne, whatever, it's a natural thing. And just know that it's just temporary and you're just going to clear it, you know what I mean? Because it is really awkward because I know what you just said, like not looking someone in the eye. Sometimes if I'm not wearing makeup, I don't really think of a mask. I don't like to look people because I'm scared they're going to mention something. But yeah, it like don't yeah. really try not to think that your acne doesn't define you as a person. I know it sounds so cheesy. 
Um, no, but, yeah. 90% of the world population suffer with acne. So when you sit there and you feel you're alone, you, the people that don't have you're acne not. are the ones that are really alone. Because <laughs> you're not, because 90% of people suffer with it. So you're not exactly. in that smaller statistic statistic you're in the bigger one like you're in the 90 percent population like that's what you want to be everyone's suffering in it <laughs> exactly exactly um just to quickly round things up what would you say is the one thing that you shouldn't do when it comes to beauty and makeup you shouldn't not wear spf so you should wear spf okay. that is the main advice make sure you're taking your makeup off for sure like just to help with your skin mm. people think that wearing makeup is a bad thing for your skin it's really really not like wear makeup if that makes you confident if that makes you get up in the morning if you want to do that by all means do it but just make sure you take it off properly and make sure you have a skincare routine that's tailored to you that's not something you've copied off your friend or your sister or your cousin or something like that a skincare routine that you know works for you and to not take advice by unqualified people <laughs> <laughs> yes and what would you say is the key to a good skincare routine key to a good skincare routine is quality ingredients but something that is affordable and sustainable to you so don't beat yourself up about it if you can't afford the 50 pound serum like whatever works for you mm. and is manageable for your budget and is working for you as well like just because it might not be a, a fashion um, ingredient at the minute, but is your skincare routine is working for you. Don't necessarily think, oh, I need to go with what's fashionable to put on my skin at the moment. Like skincare <laughs> isn't like makeup. Makeup, you can take it off. You can follow trends. You can go with fashion. You can try and buy all these different products. Skincare isn't like that. So if you have a routine that works for you, stick to it and don't deviate from it at all. Oh, 100%. Um, so where can people find you on Instagram so they can actually get some advice? Where can people find you? So I'm on Instagram and my Instagram is underscore my skin story. And that's the only platform I'm on, really. <laughs> you can um, you can go on my website as well. My, my website is www.myskinstory.uk where I have all my list of treatments if you're local to Manchester or if you're not and you wanted a skincare routine, then I can do online consultations, video consultations as well for anyone in the UK, outside of the UK, wherever you're from, that, that's the one for you. <laughs> So this is adulting. Thanks to Allah for joining me on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and I'll see you soon.